well to this week's Devil the Detail podcast. I'm Rob Parkson, and we're here talking all things Salford Red Devils. Join me in the show this week, as ever, we have Paul Whiteside, right, Paul? Hi, Rob, you okay? How's your week been, mate? Yeah, all right, busy, busy, busy as usual, <laughs> doing me, uh, me day job. It just seems to get busier and busier at the moment, but yeah, I'm good. Um, rushed home on, on Saturday to watch the... Uh, the cat, like, I was lovely on Saturday. It was red hot at work and uh, just chilling out in the afternoon and got home to watch the, the Catalans game and uh, oh, sort of wish I'd have stayed at work, to be honest with me. But no, I'm doing good. Looking forward to this Friday and let's hope we can put things uh, right against uh, Lee. Yeah, I've had a week off work, chilling in the sun. Remind me of lockdown one when it was boiling hot. Not as warm this time round, Paul, but managed to do some jobs in the house. Built, uh, got me, well, built, built an arbour uh, in my back garden. What's an arbor? It's like uh, a chair with a roof. It's nice. It's nice. I've kind of positioned it in my back garden so it gets sun during the day. And then I've got a bench on the other side of the garden for when the sun comes round the other side at night, which is which is multi, multi-purpose, really. Yeah, I think I, I've noticed a lot of people have done that during sort of this lockdown. Like, haven't they built in bars in the back garden? Mm. The amount of people I've seen who've built a... A bar, there's a guy, I think there's a guy on my street doing one. He's doing something anyway. He's always like drilling and knocking, banging wood and that. A couple of doors <laughs> down from me. And uh, yeah, some some people have got some really nice stuff, haven't they? I mean, I'm moving house. Well, me, not just me, me and my wife and the kids <laughs> are moving house soon. So not, I'm not moving out. So yeah, we're, we're, we're open to move the next couple of weeks. So that, that's been quite exciting. So we might, might do a few little jobs or build a bar or something at my new house. I've been promised a gym. I'm allowed to have the garage, apparently. Uh, our new house. Never had an house with a garage before. They've got a little garage here, so I'm allowed to have a little gym, I think, with a get a boxing bag in there and things like that. So I think a lot of people have done that. Like they've they seem to have, you know, took pride in their houses, don't they, over the last twelve months? And you know, we've been stuck at home, and that you, you make the most of it, don't you? And, and, and build things and that, which is good. I, I think it's a, it's a good thing. I thought we had an exclusive then, Paul. Paul, Paul leaving. That, <laughs> that would have been a what moment. Best thing, thinking about it, Paul, talking about building a gym. How about, for the, for the podcast and the sport zone, gym slash recording studio? Mm, that's an idea, isn't it? It might yeah. sound, it might, it might solve our, our sound issues if it's got like a nice booth. Not, it doesn't have to be big, Paul. Just a little bit in the corner. You can put up a little soundproofing around the, around the edges and then we, we'll both sound the same then and that'll be good. Yeah, somewhere for me to sit. Yeah, you can get a bit of that laugh. It's like you know, like that fiberboard stuff, that soundproofing mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah, that's an idea, isn't it? I'm hoping to deck it out like and get a bit of flooring down. And I've always wanted to do something like that. So uh, we'll see. We'll watch this this space. I've got a few little plans for for things in me sort of work and personal life over the next twelve months. The way things have been going, but you've got to uh, just take each day as it comes, haven't you, mate? Have we have we organised a destination yet? Are we still looking? What's that for? Sorry, the new house. Oh yeah, we, we've got a house. Yeah, we 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 we're just waiting for a date now to move, mate. We're open oh. to go in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, so I'm not really spoke to you personally about stuff. Have we? Every time we talk about <laughs> rugby, in it. So yeah, we've um, we've we've had this sort of. It's been ongoing for like about three months. So we're going back up to Chadderton, where we used to live before. Our, some of our listeners are up from up that way, aren't they? So we're only moving about two miles up the road, back towards the brewery on Greengate. So we're going up there. So nicer, nicer house, bit quieter. Uh, not far from Royella Bay, actually. 
Roy Ellaby lives literally about 100 yards from my new house, so Roy's going to be my new neighbour, so uh, he's welcome any time for a brew, so I think I see Roy quite a bit doing his walking and that, so uh, I think he'll be my new uh, my new neighbour friend now. <laughs> my new neighbour friend, that's good. <laughs> Obviously, we're going to trade personal news. ABR is still in, is now in her room, so no, she's sleeping through, which is great, so I don't have to, uh, no mid- midnight feeding anymore, touch wood. Which is good. Always good to, to get a full night's sleep. Yeah, how old is she now, Rob? She is six months old now. Right, that's soon gone, man. It's six months being being a lockdown. Yeah. Maybe it's, uh, it's soon. It's, it's flown by, isn't it, really? Yeah, it's... Uh, it, it, so, to be honest, she's, she's, she's amazing. For, you know, because you obviously... If, if you experience horror stories, don't your babies are up her all night and you know being sick everywhere and things like that. But she's been really good, really, really good. So uh, yeah, it's uh, especially working from home as well. You see, I see more of her now. Uh, well, I've seen more of her than I did of of Rory uh, when he was that age, which is which is also a bonus. Yeah, certainly. Well, I can't complain really because both my two kids were we dead good sleepers and and sort of slept through. Because I remember like when Ellen was first pregnant with Imogen, my oldest. I mean, I'd never really sort of babysit kids before or knew a lot about kids. And I thought, oh, God, my life's going to be over now. I'm going to be up all night, bottle feeding and all that. And I was absolutely dreading it. But when it actually happened, it was a lot easier than I thought, really. Mm. And I think I owe a lot of credit to Ellen for that because she was pretty good. So, uh, so yeah, life, life's good for us both at the moment, domestically, I suppose, isn't it? I mean, there's a lot been going on. For, I mean, we tend to be I've been talking about my strike and that a lot, didn't we? A bit, But mm. well, that's all ended now. So that's a bit of a bit of I won't say positive at the moment because it's still um, still a lot going on but there's a bit of a cloud lifting let's put it this way yeah and I got myself a smartwatch as well just for sleep you, you know when it, like an app to see how much you sleep averaging about seven hours which I think is about normal which is good yeah I think yeah I'm about the same I think I'm about eight maybe nine I go to bed quite early really, though. Mm. I'm not like you I don't stay up all night I'm usually in bed for ten o'clock <laughs> But then you have to be like three in the morning or something, or four in the morning to go to work. Well, yeah, just a bit after that, yeah. Yeah, I'm an early riser. Yeah. And I'm not, <laughs> basically. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so that's uh, that's our little chat. Lots of stuff to go on that on the, on the podca- podcast this week, Paul. We'll look back at the, the Catalan defeat. We've got all the big news of the week, and then we'll look forward to the league game on Friday. So what we'll do, we'll start with the defeat against Catalan Dragons. You're listening to Devil in the Detail, and this is your big match review. So, Salford went to France and we defeated 42 points to six. Paul, talk us through it. I love the way you say this to me every week, talk us through it. <laughs> Drop the bombshell on I bet the listeners are thinking, why? what have they done here this this week, these two? Well, sort I'll, of I'll, I'll, talk, I'll do it if you want. <laughs> but spoke, spoke positively, and now they're going to dump that game on us. But, no, well... It was it was it was a tough game, wasn't it, Rob? It was a poor performance again. Um, I thought it was worse than the whole game, to be honest with you. Um, it's a game we never really got into. Catalan's got two tries in thirteen minutes, sixteen minutes. Um, was it um, the loose forward who scored, wasn't it? Garcia who got the first try. Yeah. And to to me, we, we was behind the eight ball straight away and. Catalans have got a good partnership with, with James Maloney and Josh Drinkwater and they bossed the game for me. Their kicking was good. Everything seemed to come off for them. We mentioned last week, didn't we, about Sam Tompkins at the back. He's got like this free roll now. He's got two good half-backs there, Steve McNamara at Catalans. He's also got Sam Tompkins at the back doing his own sort of thing, really, and a massive pack of forwards as well. So they've got 
an embarrassment of riches, aren't they, the Dragons? They look really, really good. And for me, we were just, we were never in it, never in that game whatsoever. And half-time came and it, we just sort of trudged off, didn't we? And there, was, there was nothing positive you could say about the first half. Really. What, I can't remember the score at half-time. Was it 20-0, 22-0 or whatever? But we, we, was, we was down and out. And it was a real, real miserable sort of first-half performance. We'd, I think I said before to you about, we had a bit of attacking ball on their line. I think two with Ali put some good kicks in, you know, and put some pressure on. We got repeat sets, but we just never looked like scoring, did we, for one reason or another? I think you've got to take chances, Paul. Livet had a ball steal sort of early doors there was a drop out and we weren't able to take advantage of that and at that point it kind of unravelled Garcia scored like you said Lange I think Junior Lange's was it son or cousin uh, and then obviously Catalan cut loose and made it 20-0 at half time but like you said Paul it, it, it didn't seem to want there was no ticking they just didn't seem to like find any gear and it's a difficult place to go Catalan the best of times and if you're not uh, on song or at least you know going into first or second gear you're going to get punished yeah there's a word that you use there, and, and it's a really good word. The un, the word unravelled, and I've heard. I think I've heard Richard Marshall say it a few times, and that that word is particularly sort of perfect for going to Catalan if you don't play well, because teams do unravel in purpose, don't because they can get you on the back foot, particularly when they've got a crowd there behind them. But there wasn't a crowd there; it was empty stadium there, so you, you couldn't have had that that sort of excuse because it's a real cauldron there when they get behind them. But no, we we did unravel, and I think we unravelled against Hull in that that second half there. We we didn't. It's not years ago we used to say, didn't we? Or the the edge drop at Salford, and we end up getting absolutely smashed by sixty point, fifty sixty point. It wasn't quite that bad, but I think it could have been. For me, I think Catalan in that second half took the foot off the gas a bit, really. And you know, if I was Steve McNamara, I probably would have said, you know, they, they needed to be a bit more ruthless because they had us by the the short and sort of curlies, really, didn't they? I mean, for want of a better word. Um, <laughs> we, we have um, that, that's that's the worrying thing for me with the way we unravelled against Hull. <clears throat> and, and against Catalan, we didn't really have an answer. You know, we, we weren't in the arm wrestle. We, we, it was like men against boys, wasn't it, particularly in that second half. And they were just sort of running through us. We had no answer whatsoever. We couldn't complete. How many times did we get, we hand the ball over to, you know, just, just gifting possession away? Completion rate was, what was the stats? I, I don't know what the completion rate was, but it, it couldn't have been very good. The amount of individual errors again. And to me, you're just handing a team territory on a plate aren't you not making them work for it and they've got plenty of energy and they'll just keep coming at you won't they and, you know they bring guys like that Sam Cassiano off the bench and they just charge at you all day won't they and as I said it was it was very very difficult to take any sort of positives out of the game I think the problem is Paul when you're giving away penalties and you're making errors you're not able to build pressure and we aren't able to build pressure they get metres up the field and we aren't able to to counter that and we struggle to get out of our sort of 20 and 30 and 40, takes up too much gas out of our tank, and then eventually you end up blowing out, and we're not able to get up to the the opponent's danger area, we'll call it, and, and put pressure on them as much as we should, and I think that's half the problem. The players, you, you can sense the panic, because they, they're they behind, and, and they need to be thinking, oh, we need, we need to be doing something here, when really, it's all about, playing your process and, and playing your sets out and building pressure. And it's totally sort of opposite to your initial instinct in that situation. But I think Richard Marshall will be talking to the players about that and, and talk about building pressure because that's an important thing in rugby league. Yeah, it certainly is. It certainly is. And it will be on this Friday against when we play Lee. That, that'll be a big thing because they're going to come switched on. Obviously, we'll talk about them later. But 
yeah, that 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 Catalan game, we, we was we, we was a bit like a rabbit in the headlights at times, weren't we? And we did panic. I think we panicked a lot when we had the ball and mistakes, errors, penalties away. That six again, we give a few of those away again, and I think we got bust down the middle quite a lot as well. Um, Catalan did us a few times. I remember Mike Matt Meekin going through. Our contact in defence was soft, and we give away some real soft tries again. And I think for us with the ball. I mean, we played three Super League games there, and I can't really think of us uh, of us making a line break. I don't think we've made a line break in three matches, so that's going to be a worry for Richard Marsh. It's how you you turn that round and, and you get that attack going because three tries in three games is is ridiculous, really, isn't it? I mean, you, people have sort of slagged Lee off, but they've scored a few points in in the games that they've gone down in. So, uh, so that that is definitely something we need to look at there, and I'm not quite sure how you turn that round. We've just spoke, haven't we, about the people we've got out injured. Uh, for this this week, so we, we've we've got some injuries, some strike players out injured there. So it's uh, it's not looking good. We just need to to get some some positives, don't we? This this week now. Is it is it as bad as we think as people think it is? Because we played Set yeah. Ellens, we played Hull, and we played Catalan. If you look at that fixture list previous, you played Saints away, you've said played Catalan away, and you played Hull uh, away as well. Would you would you be thinking we'd be collecting points against them teams in a normal situation well the last time we played Catalan we stuffed them at Salford mm-hmm. back in the last season and the last time we played up we beat them so we'd, we'd beat those two sides and I think St. Helens are, I'd say head and shoulders above most sides in the league I think you can say Wigan are up there as well Wigan have looked pretty good so the, the defeat against St. Helens I've got no qualms about I thought we'd, we'd, we'd we gave a good account of ourselves. We did our best. Um, we were beaten by the better side. Sometimes, it's like any sport, you get beaten by a better side, you hold your hands up, don't you? you know, we go again next week. They were better than us. They beat us. We give it everything. I think the whole game, we was poor. Richard Marsh will be first to admit that. Same against Catalans. Uh, do I think it's the end of the world? No. Do I? We've, we've, we've been on worse runs than this before, haven't we? We've lost 10, 11, 12 games on the spin and been absolutely battered in every one of them. So, it's not, you know, it's not doomsday yet. Um, I've heard people say, oh, if we lose to Leon on Friday, it's the end of the world. Richard Marshall's going to get sacked at this, that, and the other. And it's, it's absolute garbage. You need to get in the real world sometimes. It's it's not the end of the world. You're three, four games into a season. So think there's, a, there's an awful lot of rugby league to be played. But I understand it. I think it's just a matter of the last two games, the, the defeat. I think what sort of pricks people's attention up and, and gets the alarm bells ringing for, for supporters is the lack of tries, I think, what it is. We've only scored four points against all, six points against Catalan. I think that's what's worrying people, is the, is the attack. Uh, it's certainly worrying me anyway, but we've got to put that right. We've got to put that right this week. We showed against Witness we can move the ball and score tries. I know they're a championship side, but we have got that in us. And you look at the game on, on Saturday, Andy Ackers came on there, and we looked a totally different team. He sort of geared everybody up. He started running from dummy half, but we just weren't clinical. We didn't score any points. You know, from those situations when we had ball, like you said, there we, we bombed a, a few chances, and you've got to make it count. You've got to be clinical. You've got to be a bit more organised when you get in that. You know, that that twenty five when you're attacking the Catalan's line, they need to be a bit more organised. We wasn't, and for me, I think Richard Marsh has got some big decisions to make at halfback because the halfbacks at the moment aren't working. Yeah, speaking of Richard Marshall, I spoke to him after the game, uh, and this we had to say. <laughs> Coach's corner. All right, Ricky, it's Rob. Hi, Rob. Defeat today against Catalan, so I'll come through it. 
Yeah, not the required standard. Nowhere near good enough uh, for this club, uh, for where we're at. Um, that's that's my responsibility. The, the performance w was nowhere near good enough. I, I obviously didn't prepare the team in the right direction. I'll be making sure I, I fix that up this week. That's that's not of the required standard. Nowhere near good enough for us. I think so. I think we got ourselves in a position where we could score some points, certainly in that first half, and then just uh, ju just let the uh, the tyres down, deflated ourselves, um, and then there's some. We don't want it to become a habit where we're making too many errors and it becomes the norm. We need to fix that up. We have done a lot of work over the pre-season on on our skill level, but obviously quite clearly not enough. Uh, we need to look at that even further. And, and the coach, what did you do to fix that? Education, go through it with the players. Um, I think I think we try and you know you, you can say you, you're trying too hard. We, we're trying to push the pass and push things that perhaps, perhaps we haven't earned the right to do. We haven't earned the right to play um, through through our lack of discipline with the ball. Uh, again, there was a couple of penalties there. It was a tough game. Catalans give it to us physically. Um, and I don't want to be sat here saying that week after week after week. Do you think the same day travel was a factor in our slow start? Not particularly, no. I thought our preparation was good. Uh, the club has invested quite a lot in, in on the chartered plane and, and, and the food and, and, and all the resources that's, that goes along with that. And we didn't replay the club at all. Uh, you know, and I take full responsibility for that. I'm, I, yeah, we were way off today. Yeah, but he came through last last week okay. He probably could have played against Widness, but we didn't want to risk him. Um, I think it was it was more of a, a precaution. We just thought we needed to get him off. Yeah, it is a concern, though, that he's picking up the same injury uh, in consecutive weeks. And poorly again, yeah, with his ankle. So, yeah... Um, they probably wouldn't, you know, if the scoreline would have been reversed, I'm sure they'd have both stayed on the field. Yeah, Lee, next week, how big of a game is that now? Yeah, it's an important game for both clubs. Um, it's important for us that, that we need to improve on our last performance. It's a shame that we did so well against Widnes and we couldn't re replicate that, albeit, you know, Super League is a different competition to the Challenge Cup. We've got some tough games. Listen, we've had a tough start, we really have. The teams that we've played have been flying. Uh, there's no hiding and getting away from that. However, we need to be playing a lot better as a group uh, and as a team. We're not we're not connected at the moment. So Richard Marshall, not good enough, he says, for the the club that Salford Red Devils are. He took full responsibility of of the of the from the defeat, Paul. I suppose it as a coach is he is he deflecting uh, from from the players' uh, performance. Is that is that a possibility? Yeah, I think he is, and I think that just shows you what a good guy Richard Marshall is. What an honourable bloke he is. And, um, you know, I've got an awful lot of time for Richard Marshall. We both spoke to him a couple of times, haven't we? And you speak to him in the press conference and that, and he's a very, very honest man and a very likeable man. And I think he'll do a good job at solving. I think he deserves a lot of credit for that, for coming out and speaking the way he did. Because at the end of the day, he could have thrown those players under the bus with, with, with his comments and, and, and really sort of been outspoken and, and slagged them off. And in, in a way, I wish he had done because they need a, a kick up the, the backside you know you can't having your coach come out saying oh yeah it's, it's my fault in a way it's the players fault they, they, they've got responsibility when they go out there to, to do the tackling you know Richard Marshall didn't miss any tackles at week and he didn't drop any balls 
Um, there's some players on there who are, who are getting good money. You know, they're, they're well paid. They're, they're decent players. You know, Callum Watkins has been picked for the England team. So we've got a good standard of players there. You know, that starts showing the supporters. You, you can't keep sort of burying your head in the sand and saying, oh, yeah, we'll do it next week. They've, they've got to start doing that now. So, yeah, I get where Richard Marshall's coming from, but I don't think there'll be any excuses like that this week against Lee. You can't come and say that this week. The players have got to be responsible this week for their actions and, and go out there and do the business. Yeah, talking about player actions, he talks about educating the players in, in certain situations. I think we covered it where we talk giving away silly penalties and, and pushing passes. And I suppose it's a pressure build uh, when things aren't going right. That's the thing that players do. He, he talks about how he thought the preparation was, was OK in France, but he is looking forward to, to the league game, Paul. It's an opportunity for him and his players to, to, to turn the corner uh, and secure his first Super League win. Yeah, I think at the moment in all sports, I think there's a lot of up and down isn't there with the situation of not I'm not for one minute having this as an excuse but the the situation that we're in at the moment with with things with playing games behind closed doors and I think for players you probably don't know whether they're coming or going at the time because you're playing a game at Leeds you're playing a game somewhere else at St Helens against somebody else we played Hull at St Helens didn't we at least this week we're playing Lee albeit behind closed doors we're at home it's a home game we're at home we play cast a week after at home and games are going to be home and away so I think that's going to help I think that'll definitely help this week. Um, but yeah, the Catalans game is always a tough, it's always a tough trip to go. And as I said, I'm not using it as an excuse, but it's difficult to go there in a day, you know, travel there and back in a day. And that must have been difficult for the players. So, but yeah, we do, we just want to see a bit of an improvement, don't we? And um, as you said, I'm, I think you're spot on with that analogy, the way you say about um, the players sort of getting frustrated when things aren't going right. And it, sometimes it makes things even worse, doesn't it? When you're a player on the pitch, you're losing 20 odd nil. You start forcing passes, don't you? Because you press the panic button, don't you? It's, that's human nature. So uh, I think this week we just need to start off on the front foot, don't we? And you know, you know, let's let's have a good first twenty minutes. Let's get in. Let's roar into the game and, and roar at Lee, and, and, and you know, get a try, get a bit of confidence built. I think once you get a couple of tries, that confidence will start building them, won't it? It will, it will, and that's what it is. It's it's confidence based because you stick to your process if you if you back your own ability to follow it through. And I, and I think at the moment they're getting situations and they're, and they're releasing the pressure valve, whether that's through a penalty or, or a mistake. And the and I think Richard Marshall has said to me a couple of times he doesn't want this to be a factor all season. He wants the players to to nip this uh, reflex action in the in the in the bud at the moment and build them build to better things. So that's one thing you look we're looking forward to. Uh, looking at the stats, Paul. Top tacklers, Elijah Sale of 45, Andy Akers 28, Polly Parley 26, Harvey Livet 41, Armand Royd 29. Harvey Livet impressed me, Paul. I thought he took his try well. Yeah, he was the only one who took a try well, wasn't he? So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I think he's, he's been, oh, he surprised me actually um, how big he is. I didn't realise he was that big. You know, he's a, he's a big lad, isn't he? And, um, you know, playing in the forwards there. I, th- I think we've got a talented player there. So, so yeah, took his try well. And, you know, Elijah Taylor, again, for me, he, he tackled well, but he looked like he was carrying a bit of an injury to me. So, I don't know whether he's struggling a bit because I believe he's out of the squad this week, isn't he? So, uh, whether he's got a bit of um, a bit of surgery or, or whatever, that'll be a big miss because he's, he's played really well. I thought Andy Eckers, as I said before, Come on and, and and sort of sharpen things up. Really, he's quick round the round the rook, and he'll, he'll spot a bit of a gap there. So, I'm not so sure whether it's the right thing to do having him coming off the bench. 
I think perhaps starting Andy Eckers might be a better bet. Just get us on the front foot early doors. It's all right bringing him on if you're winning and he's coming on to, you know, playing behind a, a really good pack. But perhaps we need Andy Eckers from the, the word go and uh, and really go at Lee this week. So that, that could be something that, that Richard looks at. Obviously, he's the coach and he'll, he'll make that decision. But that'd be something I'd be looking at anyway. Yeah, I think I think they, they thought lookers at interchange, interchange hooker to make a, an impact, and we know with Akers he's, he's, he's he does that when he comes on the field. You play him at the beginning; he's playing against players who are fitter and stronger early. He might not be able to to find the gaps as easy. We don't want to sort of nullify his strength by playing him from the beginning when we know he's stronger coming off the bench. That might be Richard Marshall's thought process on it. Yeah, well, I understand that, but I think it's difficult at the moment because. We've not really got another hooker, have we? Mm. So, I mean, you play Danny Addy there, couldn't you? But I'm not so sure Declan Patton's a hooker. Mm. I don't think he is. I think he's more of a halfback. I don't think you get a lot from him from hooker. Uh, so we'll have to see how that goes. Obviously, we've got in- a few injuries now, haven't we, as well? So, and Andy Akers is suspended, I believe, as well, isn't he? I mean, I've just I've just read about that t- tonight for a, for a trip in the Catalans game. I can't, for the life of me, remember it. So obviously he must have done something wrong, but I'd have to have a watch of that to see what's happened. But that's another blow for us because he'll be a big miss. Um, you look at Lee's hooker, they've got Liam Hood there, who's, you know, we all know about him, he played at Salford. He's similar sort of player to Akers, isn't he? He's very quick around the rook and he's somebody we're going to have to watch. But that's a blow if we're going to lose Andy Akers this week. Yeah, it's a um, hooking role. It's important, isn't it? And maybe a, maybe a part of the Richard Marshall problem in the attack isn't the the fluidity around that area be able to move the ball quicker could be an issue in in our attacking problems yeah and I think halfback as well as I said before I still don't think he's he's sussed out who is he's six and seven is his best six and seven combination you know we've got Kevin Brown there you've got two with Ollie here you've got Patton you've got Chris Atkin as well so have, have we worked out what is our best going forward? I'm not so sure yet. I, I think we will do as the as the weeks come, but uh, but I don't think we've 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 quite sussed that one out yet. Yeah, look at the top meter makers: Ken C 150, Lee Mossop 88, Sebastian Ickett here for 82, Harvey Leather 84, Williams 90. Uh, Paul against a big Catalan pack, not able to to make the big meters. No, no. I think I think McKenzie and Reese Williams are the two wingers. I mean, poor performance, but but them two guys never let us down. Reese Williams is another one. He never lets us down. Really, never does out wrong. He never drops the ball. He does what he's asked of him. Takes the ball in. And I think the same same McKenzie. They they just need a bit more service now uh, because you've got two cracking wingers there, and you've got Chris Ninu as well who will come in. Another decent winger who can score a try. So it's about getting the ball out wide to them guys now and giving them the opportunities because we all know Kenzie if he gets half a sniff. He's a cracking finisher. You know, he'll score tries for fun. Just got to get him that service now. And, um, you know, he'll, he'll score score tries for us. He'll score I bet he scores at weekend against Lee. I think he'll score, Kenzie, if he gets that, that service. Yeah, big thanks for your three-word match reports. Gary Williams, schoolboy defending, Wells. Um, Mark, very poor performance. Your mate, Roy Ellaby, another French thumping. Harvey Levette was his man of the match. Pete, lack of discipline. Wells. Pete Grimshaw, too many errors. Colin Wilson, own worst enemy, Livette. Mike J. Singleton, nothing of note. Andrew, respect the ball. And that's it. So, yeah, disappointing result in France. Uh, but I'm sure Richard Marshall's men will be looking to bounce back this week against Lee Paul. Yeah, I think we got off the up with them three-word match reports because I was expecting the old... <laughs> 
bleak machine to come out there. We uh, didn't do too bad there, did we, with them? But um, but no, I expected that. I expected people to be frustrated. I've read an awful lot on, on, on social media over the weekend. When I've had five minutes, I've read what people have said. And I don't always chuck, well, to be honest, I don't really chuck my two penny thing. I just like to read what people say, really. And, and yeah, you understand people's frustrations, don't you? And sometimes I, I think, blimey, they're um, going over the top there a bit, aren't they? How long have they been watching Salford for? I think this is bad. But it's um, it's been a disappointing start to the season because... You know, people were expecting expectations were was were quite high, weren't the early doors and when things aren't going going quite right, people tend to get frustrated. But you're only as good as your last match. That's one of my, my dad's saying. So we beat Lee on uh, Friday. I'm not saying that everything will be rosy in the garden, but you start moving forward then don't you making progress. If you're only as good as your last match, is that on podcast bingo that? Just one of my dad's Andy's sayings that it's uh, one of his that you're only as good as your last match. You're only as good as your last weld. He used to say when he was working, "Sure, <laughs> last match." Yeah, we'll have that one. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll chuck in. Um, where does com- where does confidence come from? Where does confidence go? That's another one of his. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. What's the other one? What was the sign the one we used to have? Game uh, management. Yeah, that's another one for you. <laughs> <laughs> right. Must be <laughs> must be on a line now, surely. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So uh yeah, so that's the the look back at, at the the defeat against Catalan and what we'll do now Paul, we'll look at all the big news uh, coming out of the Salford Red Devils this week. So we'll start with the big news. Rob Artinstall, our lead physio, has been selected uh, to represent England um in the World Cup. Paul, great achievement for him uh, and what a great bloke as well. Yeah, certainly is. I mean, that's a great achievement. That I mean, you know, to be to be like sort of doing that in your your field to get picked to go and represent an international team, it just shows you how how high he's held. You know, in in, in rugby league circles. So you know, congratulations to Robin. He doesn't seem that long off the World Cup now, does it? I've seen an announcement today. England are going to play Fiji, I think, start of October. James Oskerson was messaging me before actually to see if I want to go to it, and because it's like James is. Ages off. It's only uh, April, but he's making some plans already. I believe that game's in Rockdale, isn't it? So uh, looking forward to that. But no, congratulations to Robin. I'm sure he'll do really well there for uh, for England, and great for him to be representing us as well. Yeah, it does say working in England has been a goal of mine since I started working in rugby. It's such an unbelievable honour, and I am so excited and privileged to get to work together with all the staff and players at England. I think it, it shows. Like I said, we're an opportunity club. He's been given this opportunity for the great work he's done at Salford, and you know he'll shine bright England, and we'll look forward to see what he can do. There's another one for the bingo opportunity <laughs> club. Yeah, yeah, no, no joking aside. No, that, that's that's great. And when when somebody achieves that, you know, when they've like you said, when he set that as a, as a goal from from sort of starting out, you know, how, how thrilled must his, his family be now? I'm proud of him for, for achieving that. So, yeah, congratulations to Rob. Seems a really good guy as well and uh, working wonders at Salford and, you know, real good luck to him and I'm very, very pleased with him. It was great news to hear that. I saw that on an email the other day and it uh, made me feel proud that, the, that our club are getting recognised and people at our club are getting recognised. So, uh, so great news. Yeah, uh, other news, uh, the Supporters Trust petition uh, will is continue to grow in strength and numbers, 2,748 signatures so far, Paul, big number, um, I'm sure it'll be put out there more for everyone to sign and, and put a bit of pressure on the, the powers that be. 
Yeah, certainly. I mean, I don't think I had signed it, so I, I think I signed it today, but I made a bit of a porridge. Well, I didn't. I pressed something and it shared it to Twitter, so I think a lot of other people then signed it off that. So if you can share it to your Twitter page, more and more people, because you know what Twitter's like, there's... there's well, I was going to say there's thousands of people on there, but there's, there's billions of people on there and everybody's on there. So, so yeah, get it shared and, and, and get it signed. You know, the more people that sign it, the better, because like we said, we, we still don't really know the ins and outs of, of things, do we, with stadiums and, and what have you. But, you know, the more people that can get behind our cause and um, and sign that petition, the better. There is a reason why we, we nickname you everyone's favourite Paul Whiteside for moments like this, Paul. <laughs> well, I don't have that many Twitter followers to be honest mate but no if I can share something on there and somebody sees it and even if it's just a couple of people that sign it that, that's the way to do it I'll try and get it on my Facebook as well or put it on some of the, the pages we've got we've got the Anorax page haven't we and the Devil in the Detail page there's the Red Shark there's loads of great Salford pages so get it on there and, and, and get it signed and, and share it yeah, uh, you can also help the Sulphur Devil Foundation if you buy anything off Amazon. There's a link on the Sulphur Devils Foundation Twitter that helps donate some money to them if you buy anything off uh, Amazon. You don't actually give them the money. I think it's Amazon uh, that do it. So if you um, do you buy much off Amazon, Paul? Um, Helen does. Oh, does she? I don't. I don't know how to do it. Helen's always on Amazon or whatever it is. We've got an Amazon bought? account, Ellen. Yeah, we've got we've got a Prime account and oh. this, I, I don't know it all works, mate. I think, my, uh, I think, I think my Prime. I think my bank card's attached to it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's Ellen who does it, not me. <laughs> so yeah, if you if you wanna help the Sulphur Devils Foundation and um while you're looking at Amazon, follow the link and donate to them. And we were gonna do a prize draw for this Greg Johnson picture for his trying the million pound miracle but I think we're going to do it next week because I've not been able to put the link out so um, nobody would win Paul which would be a waste of time oh yeah I thought I'd not seen that yeah yeah do it next week mate that, that's cool yeah so uh, we'll do that next week I promise that we'll we'll get the link out and uh, we'll pick a winner uh, next week have, have you organised your ball or counting machine or something Paul Um. No, because I don't know how to do it. Mm. I know I, I know I said I'd seen it, but it wasn't me who organised it at work. I, I just went on it. Ellen, Ellen's very good with stuff like that, though, so I'm pretty sure she'll be able to help us. Okay. Out. Well, <laughs> well uh, I'll, I'll put it out this week, and then we'll get the numbers, get the names together, and let you and uh, Helm punch in the names, and then we'll see who wins. Could we not do it live? Could we not do like a live thing on the like Facebook Live or something on the page? You know what, Paul? There, there is, I have a I have a program where we could we could do it live. Um, mm. We'll have to see. We'll, if, if I can get the technology to work, it's a possibility. Okay. Which would be something exciting for all our listeners. Final yeah. bit of news, Paul. You've been uh, talking to one of our amateur clubs, amateur clubs KZ Rhinos, and they've got some news. Yeah, yeah. Well, just uh, um, Paul Faulkner messaged me over the weekend. Um, we know KZ is a great, young, uh, great club. Lots of different um, age groups and that, but Paul just just messaged me, just just reaching out. Really wanted to to speak to us both about um, the under 12s team. They they've got their recruiting players. They're wanting uh, players now for for that side. There, they're a bit short on players, and um, you know they're a really good team. Apparently, I've never I've never watched them play, but they've had some fantastic results. Um, so they're, they're after players at the moment. So if you can get in touch with with Paul or get in touch with us on the podcast, and we'll put you in touch with them. Um, it'd be great to, to, to see them them do well this season. I'm hoping to get down and 
perhaps watch one of their games and uh, maybe do a bit of a bit of a match report for them. You know, like the ones we do for uh, for the for the first team. So uh, hoping to get down there in a, in a couple of weeks and do that. But yeah, the under twelves are, are after uh, are after players so, and recruiting players now. So if you can get down there or get in touch with Paul, just get in touch with us and we'll we'll put you in touch with them at Caddy's Ag, can't we? Yeah, they've got some some great people down there. Chairman Bob, as well, and another another great Canizad Rhinos um, person, and I think it's great. We've had we've had a lot of talk from our amateur clubs, haven't we, in the last few weeks on this podcast, and it's it's great the the getting back to that bit of normality now, playing games and things like that. Yeah, it certainly is. We we're just waiting for uh, some some more fixtures coming out for the the open age teams and things like that. But I know a couple of the leagues started at the weekend. I think it was the Holland District League started, so that things are starting to to get up and running, aren't they? Now with the amateur sport, which is great, which is great to see. But no, it'd be um, it'd be terrible if that 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 young caddies head team there had to had to sort of you know not not fulfil the fixtures because they've not got enough players. So if you can get in touch with them, you know, get down there and support them because they're a great club. You know, great to be working with Salford as well. So, uh, so get in touch with them and get your kids down there. It's a great way to keep your, your kids in, in check as well, isn't it? Playing playing rugby league, keeping them fit, disciplined as well. You know, to be part of that team when you when you're a young kid like that, I think is is great. It's something I did when I was younger. I played a bit of rugby league until I was about eleven or so. I wasn't that good, but you know, it, it's good to be part of a team and good to good to do the training and and, and just be part of that team sort of atmosphere isn't it so uh, so anyone who can get involved I'd highly recommend it yeah I've always said Paul if I could play rugby league like I could play John Madden America football I'd be the best <laughs> in the world all the managed to play for language third teams to about I wasn't, I wasn't any good to be fair no, I, I was never really good at rugby league. Oh, I'm not. I'd probably be all right now. I've, I've sort of got better as I've got older. I think at sport in general, I was never very good at as a younger person, but not too not too bad now. But but no, I was never really much of a rugby league player. wasn't, wasn't a bad footballer. Not a bad, wasn't a bad goalkeeper in the day, but no, never. That was pub footballer, fourth, fourth division pub football. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was hardly a top standard. Yeah, I, I relied on speed, but I didn't have much speed. So it's one of them. Um, yeah, probably doing the best thing I could do for rugby league now, uh, which he's talking about on a microphone. <laughs> We've got some other news, Rob. All right, sorry, Paul. We forgot to mention Gary. Oh, Gary Unsworth. Sorry, go on. Oh man. Yeah. Well, we'll just get. He, I don't know if he's going to know we were mentioning, but Gary did uh, did a walk um, to to Leeds from Salford Stadium. I think it was Saturday morning. He set off about three o'clock in the morning. Saw a picture of him on Facebook and. Um, in the dark there, and I wondered what he was doing. He was walking, raising money for um, for Rob Burrow and his in his in his charity there. So uh, the MND charity. So he walked all the way from Salford to Leeds. I mean that that is that is some walking. That it's forty eight point two miles wow. in a day. That's thirteen hours and forty four minutes it took him. So that that that's tremendous stuff. That I mean, he put a picture on his Facebook. I think the next day. Of his foot, I think he's he's hurt his tendon or something like that. Probably a few blisters in there as well. But that's off to him to to walk forty or nearly fifty miles in a day. That that is some going. That that is some going. So congratulations. I hope he raised loads of money. But I just thought we'd give him a shout out on the podcast because I think you know he's a big Salford supporter and he's done you know something really really good there. So uh, congratulations, mate, and uh, and well done. What was the charity you did it for, Paul? Give him a plug. It was Rob Burrow's um, MND charity. 
you know, Rob Burrow's quite poorly at the moment, is he, with um, multi-neuron disease, if I can say it properly. You know, we've all seen the, the, the videos of, of, of poor Rob on the television and, and he's deteriorating health, what a lovely guy he is. And, you know, he's got a young family there as well. And it's, it's, it's an awful disease. It's not something I know lots about, so I won't, I won't sort of go on about something I don't know a lot about. But it's a, it's a terrible illness and uh, Gary Unsworth has done that walk to raise money for that charity. So, you know, hats off to him. Brilliant. Yeah, tremendous effort from from Gary. Um, I know. Thinking thinking about Salford folklore. I think Budge, David Burrow, Budgie walked from somewhere like was it Manchester to Castleford for a, to watch a match in the seventies. I think that was another another long way to go, especially in the seventies, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Why was it further in the seventies, isn't it? Isn't it? <laughs> well, it probably didn't have motorways mo- <laughs> then. <laughs> So no, no, that, no, it's tremendous. I, I couldn't believe that when I saw it, and um, you know, to to walk that far in a day, I didn't think you'd be able to walk that far in a day. Mm. You know, that, that, well, I, I like me running and, and stuff like that, but I couldn't go that far. That that's 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 outstanding. That and uh, outstanding endurance to to do it, and uh, you know, to raise money as well. So hats off, great work. Yeah. Uh, so that's uh, all the big news, and what we'll do now, we'll look forward to the league game on Friday night. <laughs> It's time for the Devil of the Detail Review. So, Salford Red Devils v Lee on Friday night, Paul. Big game for Salford after three defeats coming up against Lee now. Not a team in form, opportunity to get that first win. Yeah, it certainly is. They're not a team in form, but they're the new side, aren't they? And I think they're going to be the same as us. They're going to be sort of targeting this match to to, to turn us over. Um, and they've got some decent players, Lee. You know, they, 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 they've recruited quite well for this season and, you know, some exciting players. They've signed a few more players recently as well. And Anthony Gellin, I believe, they've, they've just signed recently. So uh, he's another player that's come in. Um, you know, like Ryan Briley's there. We've got quite a few ex-Solver players. Tyrell McCarthy's playing. Adam Sidlow, to to name a few. So uh, Liam Hood, the hooker, he was at Solver. There's probably quite a few more as well, actually. So it's going to be an exciting match. It really is. And you know, they've had some hidings, haven't they, up to now in the league? They got beat by Castle be 50 points last week. They, they scored a few though. They've been they're scoring a few points. So uh, this is going to be a big game for us and a big test now to see where we are because. You know, this this is a match we no disrespect to Lee. We we should be looking at getting two points in this game, especially being at home. Yeah, I think I think you've got to stay in the arm wrestle for as long as you can, because like you said, Lee have suffered big defeats. They've scored lots of tries, but they've also conceded lots of points. So as long as we can stay in the arm wrestle for as long as we can, you'd hope that they would crack first and then we'd go on to win. Yeah, you'd hope so. You'd hope so. But just looking at the squad, they've got some talented players in that team. I think they've been playing Ryan Briley at full back. You know, you look at the couple of wingers, they've got Matty Russell and Lewis Tierney, both got bags of Super League experience. Their half backs are decent as well. Joel Miller's there. I think they've got that. Blake Wallace is there. They've just brought Ben Reynolds back as well, who was playing, I think he was playing in France for Toulouse. He's come back, and I've always been impressed with him. Um, ben Flowers there as well, who uh, who was at Wigan, so they've got some some size in the pack. So they've got some decent players in that team. I think they're just sort of getting used to, you know, it's a new group of players as well. Quite a few of them, and they're just getting used to playing Super League. Because remember, right, they didn't play a lot of games last season, did they? Because the Championship season got got sort of cancelled and suspended and whatever. And Lee got 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 admitted into Super League, didn't they, from their application? So they're probably just finding their feet at the moment. So I'd, I'd expect them to give us a, a big test. 
on Friday night. It's going to be a tough game. There's no doubt about that. I'm hoping we're going to win the game. I'm hoping we're going to have too much for Lee, but I think it's going to be a tough one to call. Close game, I think. Yeah, with certain players out injured as well and Andy Acker's banned for a game. Being a big test for, for, for Richard Marshall and the players, Paul, because obviously we'll be looking at, at this game as a, as a winner. So we, we need to we need to make sure that we're, we're switched on from minute one. We certainly do. It's going to be interesting to see that 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 starting sort of seventeen, that starting thirteen that Richard Marshall's going to pick. You know the the guys that we've mentioned who are injured and obviously suspensions as well. So that 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 starting thirteen is going to be uh, be pivotal. You know Richard Marshall needs to get it right. The players need to get it right as well. Lee are going to be fired up. There's no doubt about that. I think this game's going to be a you know an aggressive game, isn't it? There's going to be a bit of needle there between the two teams because it's two teams who both lost. So I won't say they're both desperate for for a win, but. It, you know, both sides are going to be targeting the game, aren't they? So it's going to be a, it's going to be an exciting one. It's just a shame again; it's going to be behind closed doors, and I don't think it's on, on Sky Television either, is it? So um, it'll be on the radio one. I think is it on the Our League app? The Our League app, or you can watch it via Red Devil TV. I think can't you? If you have the have the code. So uh, tell me if I'm waffling here, Robin. I'm telling you wrong information, but I'm sure yeah. I'm sure you can watch it on that. I'm sure you can anyway. So, I think it's uh, on. No, the, is it on the? I thought it was on Sky. Is it on Sky? Yeah, I know. I don't think it is on Sky. I think the Sky game this week is. I know Huddersfield and Saints are on Thursday. I don't think we're a Sky game because it's a six o'clock game. So I think there's a game later on. I, oh no, I can't quite it's... remember who it is. I tell you, I've got the I've got the the information here. Don't don't tell you. Don't tell. Don't say that we don't find the information when you need it. Um, it's live on the R League at, at. I thought it was six o'clock. And can you use your your season ticket code for that? Yep. If you're a season ticket holder, yeah, I thought you could. Right. So, uh, yeah, good job you told me that, Paul. I've been like, I've been sat wondering why it's not on Sky. But, uh, yeah, I so, think, yeah, if you're looking to watch it, if you're a season ticket holder, log on to your R League app and, uh, yeah, watch it there. Yeah, I think most of our listeners are pretty switched on with stuff like that, aren't they? They know what they're doing with the Our League app. I mean, I don't, but I think most of the listeners do. So, uh, so yeah, he promises to be a cracking game. It really does. I mean, there's been some great games. I mean, I've, I've been lucky enough, as I said the other week, I, I bought Sky Sky Sports again, so I've got that. I've just I've just been watching the game tonight um, from the weekend. I don't know if you watch any NRL. I've just watched um, Souths against um, West Tigers. If you get a chance to watch that game, what an ending to that game. It's absolutely awesome. Never seen anything like that in my life, but... Um, been some great games on, and I'm sure the, the Salford and League game is going to be a good one. There's Huddersfield Saints. I think it's Thursday night. I'm going to have a watch of that. So there's, you know, it's been a, it's been it's been great being able to watch the uh, the matches on the telly. Is that the is that the Burgess moment? That yeah, me my dad texted me and said, oh, if you get, get if you get a chance, you know, watch, watch that game because I don't tend to watch a lot of the NRL because it's early doors in the morning. I'm either at work or I've nipped out or whatever. So I've set a thing now to tape them so I can actually watch them in the evening when you know. The tell is free, which is not very often in our house. But um, but yeah, what what happened was um, I think it, they get two points for a drop goal over there as well if they do it from a certain distance. Don't yeah. they? It was fourteen points apiece. I think listeners probably know anyway. But um, Burgess went over, touched the ball down, but it bounced. The referee then waved play on. The West Tigers went all the way down the end and scored. But then they went to the big screen to check it because he gave a try for that West thought they would. But went mm-hmm. back to the big screen and found out that Burgess had actually not dropped the ball and scored. So then they give the try to, to self. So I've never seen anything like that in my life. It was crazy because uh, sort of Michael Maguire, the um, 
the West coach, he, he didn't know what to do. He celebrated and then he had it taken away from him. So, so it was a great, great finish to a game. A lot of drama in those games in the NRL. It's, it, there's been some great games, really fantastic matches. Yeah, it's just because it's super quick, isn't it? Super quick, yeah. super strong, yeah. and every game is competitive. I know we're talking about Premier League football and and the Euro, the new Euro uh, European Super League competition and the way the top clubs just want to make their own competition. We know promotion and relegation kind of works in Australia in the NRL. There's no one gets relegated from the NRL, do they? And every game is 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 competitive and. The, the best in the world play against each other as well. So it'd be interesting to see, obviously talking, not talking about the football, right? Because we talk rugby league on this podcast, don't we? But it will be interesting to see how that plays out. But I do, I do like to watch Australian rugby league, Paul, but it's just so quick. And I, and, and I end up watching Salford and I think, oh, they're miles away from them. We're miles behind this. Yeah, well, I watched a bit of the uh, the Melbourne Storm game against Sydney Roosters from the weekend just gone, and it was absolutely outstanding. Mm. It was like um, it's like a State of Origin game. I mean, if you watch State of Origin over the years, some of the games in that have been absolutely breathtaking. I mean, it's like Test match rugby league. It really is intense, um, and they're so exciting to watch. You can't take your eyes off them. And that Melbourne Storm game was like the playoff intensity of it. Absolutely awesome. I mean, so one man who's into his NRL, I know is is our friend Phil Kinsella, who does uh, Radio Manchester, Radio Merseyside. I know he's always on Twitter and um, he private messages me a lot about the matches and how good they are. I'm going to watch this part, watch that. And, and I do, but he's a real guru of the NRL and I, I should be. I should watch more of it than, than what I do. I know our friend Matt Newsom, he's massively into his NRL as well. But, you know, if you can watch it and you get to watch the games, what, what they're tremendous. There's some, some great matches, there really is. Um, I've been watching Parramatta, hoping to see Joey Lussick playing, but I know I don't think he's 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 got into the first team yet. There, as he have been eagerly awaiting him to, to play. I think they're on the telly this weekend, so I'll tape him and hopefully he'll play. But he's, I don't think he's played yet. Um, but there's, there's been some tremendous matches. But having said that, you just said every match is competitive. Not if you Canterbury Bulldogs, they've been rubbish this season. I think they got beat forty odd six the other week, so uh, they're not doing very well. They played six, lost six, so. So for Salford supporters who are panicking, you know, can't they have lost six? We've even lost three, so it's not got that that bad yet. But no, it's a tremendous competition, and you know, to give Sky the the due, they they have some you know quite good coverage of rugby league. I'm not so sure that the commentary is that good, but um, it's great to see the games on. Yeah, I think the difference is Paul that the Australian rugby league they deal with the, deal with building pressure and absorbing pressure better than we do. And how they do that is anyone is, is anyone's guess. I've, I've never I've never really thought about it deeply how they how they do it better than we do, but they do, and that's why when we play them at international level, when we do sort of trade sets with them, they know that they can go one more than we can. And I think it might is it it could be a referee thing. That did you still have two refs over there still? Um, I'm not sure, mate. Well, it did. I didn't, didn't, I didn't really pay attention to that. And I think that I think the that's ball? the thing when you clear up the, the play the ball, everything gets a bit quicker. I think a lot of the time we get in our game, it's a penalty that that also then results in a try, two and three and four tackles down the line. When in Australia, there's no piggyback penalty, and teams no. have to work that a little bit harder to get you in that position. I think that's that's one of the differences. Um, I know we were talking about having two refs at one point. I think that'd be a, a good thing for us because it'd, it'd stop all the mess around the play of the ball and allow the players to play. 
Yeah, I think we can be we can tend to be a bit negative over here in our, in our competition sometimes. I think tactics. I think you can blame coaches for that sometimes. You know, they seem to lose wrestling tactics, and I don't like blaming referees. But just while we're on it, I thought I was watching the Catalan game at the weekend, and I thought they didn't have to do some lying on. You know, the tackle they, they refused us to get a, a quick play. Though I think every time they sort of one, two, three, you could count to three. You know, with with them lying on, and that, mm. I think that scuppered us a bit really. But I think a lot of clubs do that and. They don't seem to, in the NRL, it seems to be totally different to that. They, they don't really have that. They, they tackle a man and they roll away, super fit. They, they're up and away, aren't they? And, and just get on with it. And I think that's why I think it's a lot cleaner, that game, in round the rook and the, the play, though. It's a lot crisper, uh, the NRL, for me. I mean, it's, it's like comparing apples and oranges, really, isn't it? There's two different, totally different competitions. And I, and I thoroughly enjoy them both. I'd never say, oh, I want. This is Super League to be like that. Super League is what it is, isn't it? And Championship is what it is. So you, you just watch them because you, you love the sport. Yeah, I think it's fitness. And I think it's the sort of trusting your your fellow teammate to be in position to make the tackle. I think a lot of times, a lot of messing around to get the, the defensive line back 10 when in Australia they just roll away and they go and then they trust the defender to be there to make the tackle. And I think that's that's a big difference, I think, between us and them, that we aren't fit enough to be able to go for long periods. Yeah, and, and I don't quite know why. You know, with full-time athletes, yeah. you think they'd be, they'd be fit, as, fit as fiddles, really, mm. wouldn't you? And No, it's I'm not so sure on that one, but it, it's a marvellous spectacle to watch. And if, if we can keep getting better and, and, and go to those standards, it'd be great. I mean, let's have it right. There's some fantastic games in this country. You know, you, you'll tune into Sky and I mean, what was the game I watched last week? Huddersfield against Hull I, I sat down and watched that. I think it was Friday night and um, had me tea and watched that. And I thought, what a, what a great game that was. I really, really enjoyed it. There's a lot of mistakes in it and um, a lot of controversy in it and video refereeing decisions, but it was a great spectacle. And just really enjoyed watching it. So uh, I've seen some cracking games up to now this season. I know I was listening to the, a match on on the weekend, Warrington against Hull. Uh, listening to that on my phone and um, listening to the radio commentary of that. A bit old school me sometimes. Of that that was a draw. Went to fourteen all. Went to golden point extra time. Nobody scored a golden point. And it ended up a draw. So there's been some uh, some cracking games up to now this season. Yeah, and the golden points becoming a thing. How, how can mm. you go two two periods out no somebody dropping a goal? I mean, you you did watch that, or were you listening to it? I was listening to it on the radio. There was a few attempts. There was quite a few drop goal attempts, but uh, non successful. So right. they, uh, they they had the, the couple of um, periods of extra time, and, and that was it. I mean, it's one of them. You can't keep playing all night. The players are absolutely goosed. Aren't yeah. they? So eighty minutes is long enough. So, uh, but there's there's been quite a few games this season have gone to, to Golden Point extra time hasn't there so uh, it seems to be a more more recurring thing I think Cass and oh, Cass and OKR went and OKR. two periods yeah. three periods of extra time and I was thinking yeah. how, how has nobody dropped a goal in 15 minutes and then Gareth O'Brien popped up and dropped yeah. one didn't he? I mean I felt a bit sorry for OKR I mean I've not done the stats, someone might be able to help us out here, but how many times have Volker played in Golden Point extra time? And I don't yeah. think they've won one yet. I mean, we beat them twice, isn't it? <laughs> um, that got the million-pound game, obviously, and then the, the match at, at Salford a couple of years ago, the, the league game. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't think they've won one yet in Golden Point extra time. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not seeing the game, but I just think to myself, if you go in over 10 minutes, it's, there's something wrong, isn't there, really? You should just drive five and kick, really. That, I don't understand how that's not happening, but 
That's what I'm not. Yeah, it depends whether you're in range, I suppose, doesn't it? Podcaster. Depends whether you're in range. Not everybody's got that. That's. I mean, if Gareth O'Brien did that kick again that he did for us in that million pound game, probably nine times out of ten, he don't get that, does he? It was just that sweet the way you can. You probably never kick a ball as good as that again. Um, I think that one he did against Ulkar in the cup wasn't as far out as that one he did anyway. I think it was a bit of an easier one. So it's difficult, isn't it? Sometimes it's a bit of an art dropping a goal. So, uh, so yeah. Um, but yeah, there has been quite a few games gone to that, and poor old Ulkar keep losing on them. <laughs> anyway, Almost. back to to Salford, Paul. Yeah. And give us your score prediction for the game against Lee. Uh, it's a tough one, this, isn't it? Oh. I was going to go similar to the one that Paul Parkin did, but I can't copy off him now, so he sort of stole my thunder. I was going to go 28. <laughs> no, what did he go? 26 16, did he? Like um, I was going to say 28 16, but. 28 16. Let's have a now. I can't see us scoring that many points. <laughs> right. I don't know. I don't know. But mind you, Lee have got a bit of a dicky defence, haven't they? Mm. I'm going to say Salford 24, Lee 14. I think we'll win by 10. Is there a story behind that? No. No. No, okay. just win. I'll just be happy to win. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm, I'm thinking that Friday Friday night, Paul, all our, du- all our ducks are in a line on Friday. I'm, I'm thinking we'll come out of the traps quick and we'll score early and then obviously continue to build that pressure into the second half and then finish Lee off with about 15 minutes to go. I'm going to go Salford 42, Lee 18. Hmm. And I'll that. go with Morgan Escalay. Uh, trick. i tell you what we could do with doing. Cool. We could do with uh, bringing Carl Harrison down for Friday night because <laughs> yeah. Lee, Lee couldn't beat us when Carl Harrison was there. Could he? Like, <laughs> let's, get big, let's get a big Carl down. Just sit him on the sideline <laughs> <laughs> with his massive sword. Yeah, yeah. Oh. No, I think we'll be all right. I, I'm going with. I'm going with a win. I'm not, I'm not so sure about forty-two, but I, I take that. I think. I think I take any win. To be honest with you, mate, at this this stage in the season. Um, two points is two points, and I think it'd be massive for us. Massive confidence boost as well. Just get that win, and then, and then start building. Yeah, just don't hit the panic button. Just play your sets out and and go and win the game. We've got some. We've got good enough players to to do that. I'm just hoping that they they don't panic um, if it doesn't happen straight away. We have got good enough players. I mean, how many times have you heard people say that over the last six months or the last four months before the season was building up in pre-season? How many people have said, well, it's the best squad we've had for, for a long time, this, and we've made improvements, blah, blah, blah. So there's no way that those players become poor overnight. That's, that's the good squad. It's a decent squad. There's some really good players in there. So, like I said, I think a lot of it's a bit of a confidence thing and just getting things right. And, and I, I'm sure we'll get things right. And... Uh, you know, Friday night could be the, the start of something. Let's hope so. Yeah, big thanks to you in this week's uh, Devil in Detail podcast. That's been Paul Whiteside. I've been Rob Parkson. You can find us on Facebook, Devil in Detail SRD. You can find us on Twitter at DITD SRD. And you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Radio Contacts and Spotify. See you next week.
and